0: Population based on age, race, gender, or creed, I feel like ethics will go ahead and say what is the standard for the individual persons that make up that group
1: of people. The Ethicist Corner, brought to you by the Kegley Institute of Ethics.
2: I welcome everybody to the Ethicist Corner Season 2, a uh, podcast in which we discuss ethics in everyday life. Uh, and our guests today uh, are. A excellent group of students at CSU Bakersfield and at the Kegley Institute of Ethics. Uh, Brittany Johnson, who's a senior, a philosophy major. Natalie Velasco, who is a MA student, master's student in public administration. And Sergio Brito, an MS student in educational counseling. Um, Again, all CSUB students and a very special group to have with us today because they are the inaugural group of Kegley Institute of Ethics Student Fellows, and if you haven't heard of that program, the, the KIE Student Fellowship Program supports California State University Bakersfield students in developing and implementing ethics-related projects uh, for the CSUB campus and community, and our student fellows uh, gain experience planning events, working in the community, working on campus, and also receive a $1,500 stipend and award uh, for their fellowship. Brittany, Natalie, and Sergio, thanks so much for being with us and welcome to the Ethicist Corner.
0: Thanks for having me. Yeah, Thank you. you. So wonderful.
2: wonderful to have you. Wonderful to see you. So, uh, just to start, where are you from and what was your journey to CSUB? Can you tell us about that? Maybe, Brittany, we could start with you.
0: I'm originally from Texas. I was uh, raised up in Texas, Frisco, but I ended up coming to California because. There is a saying about born here, live here, die here for Texans, and I wanted to break that cycle. So I was like, I'm going to go to California for college. And it was a really big decision. It was probably the biggest decision I've ever made in my life um, out of a class of like 600 seniors, only four left Texas. (laughs) So yeah, it's, it's a big deal to leave. And so I came out here to LA. My sister actually graduated just recently with her degree in theater arts. So the whole family just picked up and kind of came out to Los Angeles. And so I came to CSUB and I wasn't really sure what I wanted my major to be. I just knew that I was a stubborn yet very creative and critical thinker. And so I happened upon philosophy and I have loved it ever
2: since. All right, interesting. Yeah, the kind of the, the philosophy major path, and I was a philosophy major too, so always interested in how people find find that path, right? Um, mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, we, we're thankful to have you, and Natalie, what about you? Where, where, where are you from, and how did you come to CSU Bakersfield?
1: I'm from Bakersfield. I went to high school in Arvin. Uh, once I graduated high school, I really wasn't too sure like where I was going to go in life. I went to CSUB, I entered as an undeclared major and I was undeclared for about a year until I finally like fell on criminal justice Um, and I really loved the major. It really was interesting to me. I'm really happy where I was with my bachelor's but once I wanted to get my master's I wanted to do something a little bit more broad so that's how I fell on public administration. All
3: right and Sergio how about you? Um, I was born and raised in San Diego, California and I moved to the Central Valley to attend UC Merced for my bachelor's degree. After being at UC Merced, I moved back to San Diego for a few years. I was in the the corporate side of a healthcare company and I realized that that's not really where my passion lies. Kind of had an epiphany that serving students is really my passion and what I wanted to do. So um, I had a colleague here at CSUB doing the educational counseling program, and after a single phone call, I, you know, we ended so inspired um, to apply. In the next week, I applied, and next thing you knew, uh, I was doing the interview. I got accepted, and now here I am, a runner, and I'm super excited for what's to come.
2: Yeah, fantastic. And you know, you mentioned your interest in serving students, and we created this student fellowship program really to help I mean exactly for what you're talking about I mean supporting students who want to support and serve other students community members kind of make an impact in the campus in the community and one of the coolest things I mean it's actually one of my favorite programs because the three of you are a perfect example of what happens when you set out an opportunity and you just see the creativity and awesomeness of of our students including the three of you and and so I, I want to kind of get into the projects that you're interested in doing and Sergio maybe we can start with you I mean you, you talked about serving students. So, can you tell us a bit about the project that you're interested in doing as a KIE student fellow? Um, I know we've 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 been talking about it and and some of the potential aspects of it. Because can you share with our audience what you're working on?
3: Yeah, absolutely. It all started last semester when um, the Kegley Institute of Ethics brought Ashley Blaine as a speaker, and I remember. It was when COVID-19 was starting to take flight and um, it was kind of a time of uncertainty and still kind of is. But she talked about the importance of seeing people of color not only represented in the media, but positively represented. And I want to emphasize positively represented because studies have shown that um, the way that media portrays people of color can adversely affect how people of color see themselves and how others see them. So that got me thinking what connections, ideas, or actions can i do to bring positive representation to people of color in the central valley so i began to think of the connections that i've had i do have a couple colleagues from undergrad who are currently working at big tech companies like google linkedin snapchat and facebook so i quickly called my advisor and i let her know and i was like well they're all from the central valley they're people of color how can we bring positive representation to them and so um, I pitched the idea of bringing a panel to CSUB so that the students can one, listen to their narratives, their humble beginnings in the Central Valley and how is it that they were um, inspired to pursue a higher education and then from there um, what is, what are the steps that they took in order to land those jobs um, in the Silicon Valley. So. Right now, that's exactly what I'm working on with you, Dr. Burroughs. I plan on working with CALSOAP, which is the California Student and Opportunities and Access Program. Mindy and Mel um, are the program manager and directors there, and they have a large team of student success coaches that work directly at each um, high school here in the current high school district. And I hope to invite all of the high schools to attend this program so that they can also listen to the narratives, ask any questions that they may have, and my goal is that, one, they leave inspired to seek a higher education, and two, um, they seek jobs and opportunities at places like the ones that the speakers are going to be in, and I believe we're still in talks, but I, h- I hope to invite uh, BC College also um, so that it could have a similar impact to CSUB students,
2: just kind of like the Bakersfield community as a whole. Yeah, I mean, it's it's so impactful what you're talking about. I mean, it's, this just kind of this idea of, I mean, obviously I'm a fan of the project, right, the, you know, working with you on it and, and having you as a student fellow, but I just, I mean, even if you weren't a student fellow, just the, the idea of helping people see people that are from where they're from, look like them, have had similar experiences to them, and kind of the things they've done to achieve success and, you know, make meaning and, and success in their lives, and that can be so impactful, so it's such, a, it's such an awesome experience that you're creating for our students. Natalie, you know, the kind of the sort of work you're doing with student-focused as well, but, um, students who aren't necessarily at CSUB, but are are actually in some local local prisons and correctional facilities, and um, so a really interesting angle of work that you're doing. Can you tell us a bit about the? the the program that you're setting up between CSUB and and currently incarcerated students with your fellowship project?
1: Yeah, the project that I'm working on right now, I've called it Learning Through Letters, and the whole goal is to prevent disenfranchisement between uh, incarcerated students and students at CSUB. I was really influenced by the bakersfield.com article. They published an article a few years ago on uh, the BC Inmate Scholars Program. That's the one at Bakersfield College, and it got such negative responses because people were very upset that um, people who are incarcerated were receiving a free education. But, that's something that I don't think is necessarily accurate. There's a lot of rarities between people who are incarcerated already and then people in the free world. So I wanted to prevent that and just open up like a discussion between CSUB students and students who are incarcerated. So the goal of my program is to have letters sent between these two students in similar classes. That way they can understand like they're learning the same material, the content still is rigorous. And I just want that to be like facilitated. And so once these people who are incarcerated eventually get out, they have connections on the outside where they can succeed in an academic world. And that's pretty much the whole gist of it.
2: And so is it basically this idea is like a, like a correspondence program between some segment of students currently at CSUB and some students? Is it a particular um, uh, prison that you're trying to work with or is it a couple prisons? How is that how is that set up?
1: Uh, For this first semester, I was going to start with North Kern State Prison. I work Uh there, so it's easier for me to deliver the letters to the students there. And at CSUB, I'm focusing on an English class. I'm hoping somebody from the English department is willing to implement this program within their class. That way, I can work on getting those letters between those students and the students at North Kern.
2: Fantastic. Such an an interesting idea. I love like First of all, just the correspondence aspect of it. It's just a really interesting idea. You know, as I, as I think you know, I mean, the Kegel Institute has done a fair amount of work in prison education, doing ethics poll debate programs, philosophy seminars, and I think just kind of opening up lines of dialogue between, you know, currently inc- incarcerated persons and persons who are not incarcerated, both leading a better understanding, but then also just kind of the impact that can have for people on the inside is, is huge. So very, very cool program that, that, that you're setting up. And Brittany how about how about you can you can you talk to us a bit about about the the work that you're doing
0: um yeah sure i am more focused on bioethics and so what that looks like for my project is having um i wanted to focus on the students and healthcare workers in the central valley specifically those of color um, men and women of color who have worked so far on the front lines with covid um, and I wanted to focus on the ethics in healthcare, such as the disparities of treatment that exist for people of color, um, and just kind of examine that and just kind of question the different lines of trust that exist between people of color and physicians.
2: Nice. It's a, and, and this is a super interesting topic. Are you thinking about a, a panel on this, is, a speaker, a discussion? Like, is there, any, is there any type of event that you're thinking about to kind of help people have yeah, learn more I, about what you're focusing on?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So in the spring, I wanted to have sort of like the brown bag um, lunch panel that we kind of had last time with Ashley Blaine. Um, So I wanted to do something like that, like a panel of physicians and also make it free and open to the community in Bakersfield, Central Valley.
2: Yeah, and so it's interesting, you know, this, uh, a couple, both Brittany and Sergio have mentioned Ashley Blaine Featherson, who is a professional actress uh, on the show Dear White People and and several other uh, programs, who we hosted the Keg to last semester, and um, it was a wonderful event. And, and it's great to hear that that had a had an impact and people were inspired by her words. I know I certainly was. So so all of you, I mean, your programs are are all different, um, but for me they're they're all related to ethics in some way. And I just kind of talking openly here. I, I'm interested, given we have the opportunity to. To, to speak with three students today about how do you think about you know, ethics in student life? Like when you hear kind of the, the relevance of ethics to your project or, or to student life, what comes to mind for you when you when you think about what ethics means, um, either in the context of your program or as a student or a person? What, what kind of comes to mind for you when you when you try and think about what ethics is?
0: I would say that as far as ethics goes, for me, I think of it more like with my philosophy background, I think about it as just like what it means for the whole. So how is the majority treated? Um, And I feel like the only way you can address that is by looking at the different populations that exist as like the minorities. So whether it's a vulnerable population, based on age, race, gender, or creed, I feel like ethics will go ahead and say, what is the standard for all of these people? But you first have to think about the individual persons that make up that group of people.
1: Ethics as a whole, like for my project, I think that definitely we have to question like whether our prison rates are even ethical because we're locking people up for third strike laws and they're serving life without possibility of parole. Like is that even ethical for something such a like a menial crime? So Mm -hmm. I definitely wanted to um, address that. And just overall, the way that people perceive people who are incarcerated It's like an us versus them when in reality, it's not that at all. Like we're all, first of all, we're all people, but definitely the people who are incarcerated have um, dealt with more difficult things in life that have resulted them resorting to crime. Um, People don't commit crime just to commit crime. They do it because of need. So I definitely think that that was something that needed to be addressed. And so I wanted to open that up with my learning through letters project that way students can see like they're just like us and people who are incarcerated can benefit as well because they can see that the education that they're receiving is just as rigorous as that of a university and just overall i wanted both sides to benefit but especially the people who are incarcerated
2: mm-hmm. and what about you sergio
3: yeah so uh for my project i remember i watched one of your ted talks dr Burroughs. And you describe the everyday ethicist as uh, being able to recognize, counter, and respond to ethical issues in their own lives. So similar uh, to that, I believe a social justice advocate is able to recognize issues that are unfair, plan on how to counter those issues, and respond. And so after Ashley Blaine's event, the issue I recognize is that a lot of people of color in the Central Valley are disproportionately underrepresented. In some of California's largest corporate companies, such as Snapchat, Facebook, Google, etc. And I felt like I wanted to bring a positive light to people of color in the Central Valley and show that through hard work and dedication, you can break these stigmas that are put on people of color by the media. That's kind of my take on ethics and my project.
2: So what's, in, what's really interesting, in all of your responses, and all of them are super well said, is I think sometimes, I mean, I I get asked the question a lot, you know, kind of what what is ethics? And it's both a simple and a really challenging question at the same time. But I think on the one hand, people tend to think of ethics as just like, say, like a set of rules or principles that helps you define right or wrong. And that could be like a company policy, or it could be like, you know, philosophical values and principles. It could be all kinds of different principles and values and rules you might appeal to. But another really interesting aspect of it that I think comes out really clearly in all of your projects is is notion an ethical relevance. So the ethical relevance of representation of persons of color in the Central Valley, the ethical relevance of uh, criminal justice policy and how we view people who are incarcerated versus not incarcerated, Um, the ethical relevance of diversity in healthcare and, Uh, racial disparities in healthcare outcomes, like, and how we attend to those issues. So, you know, one of the things that we think about as an institute is kind of the way that ethics is kind of a part of everything. And I think one of the things that's really, really cool and inspiring about your projects is it's kind of living proof of that. You know, there's ethical dimensions to, you know, you're doing three very different projects, but there's definitely an ethical relevance uh, and importance to everything you're doing, which is very, very cool. Let me say this, and and any three of you can can answer here. But you know, if you could achieve kind of one outcome with your project, or you know, one goal that you'd you'd really hope to achieve, well, what would that be? Like you know, if at the end of the day, end of next year, you delivered your project and at least one thing that I was able to achieve, in, in, with with my project, what would that what comes to mind for you?
1: Uh, with my project, I really want to have CSUB start a program similar to that of CSULA, where they have a prison graduation initiative. And they have a full-on bachelor's program in person at um, their prison, the Lancaster prison. I really hope that CSUB can start a program similar to that. And that's something that I wanted to do for this project. But I kind of realized that it's going to take a lot of time to implement such a large-scale project. But I hope that eventually that this can lead to a bachelor's program implemented within the local prisons here.
3: Yeah, and for me, it's... um... The main reason for why I wanted to do this is for the Bakersfield and Central Valley community to see people of color positively represented and to put a face to these corporate jobs. Um, So hopefully continue the legacy of bringing people of color from Google, from Facebook, from Apple, maybe uh, these top corporate companies so that these high school students, these CSUB students, these BC college can come hear different narratives and perspectives about uh, on their journeys and hopefully seek a higher education, hopefully seek high paying jobs at these corporate companies and letting them know that if they can do it, so can they.
0: Um, since my project is more centered around healthcare, I would love for it to be seen in this area, like the Southern California, Central Valley area for more people of color to see that physicians care about them as a population. Um, A lot of uh, bioethicists, um, including Dr. Keisha Ray that we spoke with um, on the podcast as well, um, as a Black bioethicist, she speaks on representation in healthcare and diversity and microaggressions. And so come next year after my project is completed, I would love to know that I either inspired a person of color to pursue medicine, or I made it so that someone in the community could see that hey medicine actually is there for all of us and not just some of us
2: right so that's Got you and and that's well said and and i you know i was thinking about your own kind of uh career ambitions and maybe this would be something interesting to hear about from from all of you but brittany what are your what are you aiming to do kind of post graduation where do you where do you hope to go where do you hope to be
0: yes i would like to be a doctor squared as i call it i want to get my md phd I would like to have a PhD in philosophy and my medical doctorate as well. Yeah, I would the perfect like
2: to... the perfect combination.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I feel like um, my background in philosophy really does help me question the narrative that we are given. And I feel like the best way to do that would be the person I'm trying to bring to this community, which is a black physician who cares about the community. So.
2: Awesome. Yeah. And I really do love that. I mean, that, I mean, I have no doubt you'll achieve it, but the, the kind of the, the medical degree and the philosophy degree, the, I think that, that combination is a really interesting one, kind of the, the training and thinking and the training and understanding, you know, kind of treatment and health and wellness, is just a very cool combination. So um, awesome that you're aiming for that trajectory. And Natalie, what about, what about you? Where, where do you? Where do you hope to be kind of post-graduation? Where are you trying to go?
1: Um, Post-graduation, I'm hoping to get into an ethnic studies program and earn my doctorate. And once I've done that, I'd like to come back to either CSUB or just um, Bakersfield College and teach there as a professor. But my goal is not to teach at the regular institution as a professor, but go back to one of the local prisons, either Kern Valley, North Kern, Wasco, and teach there. And hopefully by then there'll be like a full-on bachelor's program that I can teach at because that's really important to me. I definitely think people who are incarcerated deserve to receive a four-year degree.
2: Awesome yeah that's a great great ambition and a great aim Um, and something we're very invested in too kind of working on incarceration issues and so be really interested to see what you what you work on in that area going forward and uh, Sergio how about you?
3: I also plan on pursuing a doctorate of uh, education in hopes of becoming um, some sort of administrator and uh, professor, kind of like you, Dr. Burroughs, um, serving students in the Central Valley or communities of low socioeconomic status.
2: Fantastic. So it's it's been so awesome getting to talk with the three of you and learn a bit more about you know who you are, where you're coming from, the projects that you're that you're working on, and so excited to see them come to fruition um this year and to see the impacts they're going to have on our campus and community too so we have a uh tradition in uh the Ephesus corner that's called the lightning rounds and this is just five questions that we ask they're fun they help our listeners get to know you a little bit better the the first question is what is your all-time favorite halloween costume that you wore Ask me one that you wore not that you observe from afar Ready?
0: I'm, I'm going to go with my trusty mouse costume. So for all the listeners out there who have seen Mean Girls, I have gone as Karen four years in a row. So that's my, my go-to.
2: <laughs> all right. Natalie.
1: Um, A scarecrow costume. It's so easy to do. It's cheap. You know, you're not going to break the bank spending money on a expensive Halloween costume. So I stick with what I know.
2: There you go. Yeah. Sergio.
3: For me, uh, Last year, I was Miguel from Coco, (laughs) so love the movie, love the character, it
2: was awesome. Fantastic. All right, great. All right, uh, what is your favorite carnival food? So you're going to a carnival, the first booth you're going to stop at, what's what's it going to be?
0: Deep fried Oreos.
2: Deep
3: fried
0: Oreos,
2: you heard it here first.
1: (laughs) Funnel cake, Mm. for sure.
3: And for me, a giant turkey leg.
2: It's a must. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all right. These are all great answers. Uh, okay. So this one, um, if you could have dinner with any two people, uh, past or present, who would they be and why?
0: I would definitely have to say the first one would be former President Barack Obama. I just love hearing him speak. And so I just be like that'd be awesome. Um, And then the other one would have to be my great-great-grandmother, because she was an inspiration as far as being, like, a trailblazer in our family. So, Mm. like, I would love to hear her just tell me I'm doing a good job. (laughs) Awesome.
1: Um, Definitely my grandpa. I miss him, and I want to hear what he has going on in his life up there, hopefully, if there isn't up there. And JFK, I'm super into conspiracy theories. I need to know, like, was he with Marilyn Monroe? Like, I need answers. So those are the
2: two. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, no, yeah that, that conspiracy theory around JFK stuff that really does live on. Maybe that's we we'll have to do a fellowship project on that next year. <laughs> Sergio, um, I think for me
3: my favorite actor is Johnny Depp. So he plays such uh, an array of interesting roles in all kinds of movies. So I would really want to know what's inside that brain. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then another one, I think I would have to go with my grandpa as well. Um, He did a lot for our family and kind of helped us move to the United States, so I would be really interested in hearing his upbringing, hearing about his upbringing, and um, his goals, ambitions, everything.
2: Awesome. So what is your song of the summer?
0: Oh my gosh. I am going to have to go with Somebody's Daughter. It's a country song, um, and I really like it because it, it's kind of like an ethical relevance song because she's just speaking about how you see someone on the side of the road and you realize, like, yeah, they might be homeless, but that's someone's daughter, someone's best friend, and I feel like it speaks to my whole project.
2: <laughs> do, you, do you know the – I haven't heard that one. Do you know the artist by any chance?
0: Um, yeah. I, off the top of my head, I believe it's, like, Michelle T- – Michelle Michelle Tanny I believe.
2: Okay, all right, someone's daughter. All right, uh, Natalie, what about you?
1: Um, definitely Grass Valley by Money Man. It's uh it's a pretty good song, but he says like this part about how his success is dependent on him, and I'm always like, wow, so relevant. Love it. So that's what my song is. All right,
2: song. all right. and Sergio.
3: For me, it's uh, Happy. I think it's uh, Snoop Dogg's featured in it. I don't remember exactly who sings it, but um, it just kind of brings positive vibes to me every every single time I listen to it. It just reminds me to smile and be happy, especially with everything going on right now.
2: Yeah, no, that's much needed for sure. Yeah, positive vibes are appreciated. Um, all right, and last but not least, uh, on the day that quarantine officially ends, so uh, let's say COVID is is no longer with us, we. have solve that in one way or the other um what is the first thing you want to do
0: that's easy for me i want to take my honors study abroad trip and go to spain and greece which is what covid knocked off my summer plan list so i'm going right get on the first plane out (laughs) there you go there you go natalie
1: i want to go back to the movies um studio movie grill off of callaway they've got really good food there i really miss going to the movies I
2: hear that, I hear that. I, I miss the movie experience, too, for sure, yeah. Uh, Sergio?
3: Uh, for me, I work for Student Housing and Residence Life here at CSUB, and usually at the beginning of the year, we have uh, a week-long of events, and so unfortunately, that's all going to have to be virtual. So I want to throw a giant party here, and, and housing, obviously, um, under guidelines and all, no, no, or anything like that, but something fun for the students to get to know each other, especially the first years.
2: Yeah, that's so, I mean, I think the, the ability to just come together as people, whether it's a party, a dinner, or travel, whatever it is, go to see a movie with people. I mean, yeah, all of that would be lovely to, to return to for sure. All right. Well, well, thanks so much again to the three of you for who you are, what you're doing, uh, for being with us and for sharing your, your insights and, and some of your experience. Um, and super excited to, uh, to continue working with you this year. Thank
1: you. Thank you, Dr. Burroughs. Thank
2: you. Of course, my pleasure.
1: Thanks for listening to the Ethicist Corner podcast, a production of the Kegley Institute of Ethics. To hear future episodes, follow us on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, or iHeartRadio.